will eventually be in Mark chapter 6. The goal for this year has been for us to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It has been a call for us to exercise our faith in God, to do things among us that we have yet to see and have still yet to see. After 11 months plus of this theme, in many ways, I think you would agree we most certainly have seen the goodness of the Lord this year uh, in a lot of ways, and we ought to be very grateful for that. In fact, given the kind of year it's been throughout our nation, we have been extraordinarily blessed, and so we have been very blessed. We have seen the goodness of the Lord just wasn't quite in the way that I had hoped, as you know. Because what I had in mind did not come to pass, it's also been a year of disappointments for me personally. Not a disappointment in my God. Just kind of this feeling of being deflated just a little bit. God has used this year to teach me more about Him and more about myself. And that's a good thing. And God has also used this year to reveal much about our church. Overall, I would say we have weathered this year very well. Our attendance is slowly but surely recovering. In fact, I stumbled across this stat. I had kind of been disheartened with what had taken place on Sunday mornings. And I do not say this to shame anyone, but please understand what I'm about to say. You kind of expect in a year like COVID-19 that there's going to be those who were only coming Sunday morning to begin with to kind of be picked off. You understand what I'm saying? They just weren't quite there yet. They weren't quite grounded enough. And it's sad because a year like this really stresses somebody's faith. And unfortunately, you do see some fall away. And, and so there were some things there that I... I've mentioned before, I I think we're running about 25% behind on Sunday mornings, but I I came across this, and I was just so blessed this week as I was studying for this, and I don't know why God put it on my heart to check, but I'm glad he did, because this is a blessing. Even with COVID-19, we are only seeing seven less people on average on Sunday nights. That's huge to me. In fact, I would say that's remarkable, especially in a day and age when churches don't see a high return rate to Sunday night, Wednesday night. And we've always been above average as far as that goes. Uh, A lot of churches, it's gotten so low that they've canceled Sunday night in favor of small groups. And I'm not here to pick on that at this moment. I'll pick on it later. (laughs) Just to be clear, you know where I stand. But we routinely see anywhere from 65 to 75% return. And I would say this year has been even higher. So it's just remarkable what God is doing here. If, and, and here's the thing, it gets better. If we remove the two really low weeks we had in August, remember when COVID hit like everybody in the church? <laughs> and uh, I counted at least 20 families that were knowingly infected. And I never got tested, but I'm had all the right symptoms. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I didn't have shortness of breath. I didn't have fever. I didn't have a cough. But there was that one Sunday, Justin, remember you got sick, 
Uh, and he called me and said, I can't teach Sunday school. And it was like Friday. And uh, so I had to throw together a Sunday school lesson. Well, by the time I started starting to feel a little off, it was Saturday night. And I told Adrian, I said, well, I got, I got to go. There's nobody to preach or teach at this hour. I'm not going to do that to somebody. Call them at 11 p.m. Anyway, it tore through our church. I'm just rambling here. It tore through our church. Remember that? And we hit two really low weeks during that time in August. It was the latter part of August. I think we hit a low of 35 one Sunday night and 30 the next. It was just rough. If you take out those two weeks, then we're only running five less people on Sunday nights. Well, it gets a little bit better. If we remove those two, three weeks in March when nobody really knew what to expect from this virus and we were all kind of wanting to do our part to keep the hospitals from being overwhelmed, our attendance also dropped during that time because that's what the president had asked. And um, so a lot of people stayed home. Nothing wrong with that. We take those out. Then we've only been averaging two less people on Sunday nights. That's incredible to me. That is a testament to your faithfulness as a church. It's just was so encouraging for me to discover. And what this means is we have a very solid core. Praise God. Very faithful core of people. And I know I've said it before, but I probably don't say it enough. It really is an honor to pastor such faithful people. I can't tell you what a blessing it is to come in here on a Sunday night and to see the place nearly full. And it's just a blessing. I, when I know what some of my uh, pastor or brethren are going through, um, we've just been very blessed. So thank you for being faithful. And it is from this core that I believe God still is going to do something above what we have yet to see. I believe that. There are several variations of this quote out there, so I don't know which one is the actual. But John Wesley said something to this effect. Give me 100 men that hate nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and we'll shake England for God. Well, he not only shook England, but he also shook America. So... Never underestimate what God can do through us. I believe we have a core like John Wesley spoke about. And I believe we could shake Rapid City in the Black Hills for God. We have to desire nothing but God. And believe to see what God can do in us and through us for the cause of Christ who is worthy of the reward of His suffering. I think as we reflect upon a year like 2020... We may feel the need to just come apart and rest for a moment. And I recognize those times can be very beneficial. But I don't believe this is that time yet. I think what we need to do, church, is we need to prepare for the work ahead of us. There is an unseen part that we still need to do. And with that in mind, let's go to Mark chapter 6. Let's begin by reading verses 30 through 44. Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 30. The Bible says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and 
what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country round about, and into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread, and give them to eat? And he saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and brake the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. They did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. Now we have before us here tonight a very familiar passage. All of you, I think, are aware of the feeding of the 5,000. It was 5,000 men beside women and children. There may have been as many as 15,000, 15 to 20,000 people. Who knows? In fact, this is one of the few accounts that is found in all four gospel accounts. Before I draw some thoughts out from this text, it's important we know what preceded this event. There are three things of importance that I think we need to understand took place before they came apart to this desert place. One is found in verses 7 through 13 where Jesus sent out His twelve disciples in six groups of two. Jesus told them, don't take anything for your journey. Save your staff. Don't take any script, any bread, any money. They were just to have a staff, sandals on their feet, and one coat. He even said, don't take two coats. They went out and they preached and they taught. And Jesus gave them power over unclean spirits, and He gave them power to heal diseases. And He commanded them to preach repentance and to preach the kingdom of God. And they did as they were commanded. They went about. They were able to cast out devils and to heal the sick. So that's one thing that happened. The second thing that's going on behind the scenes here, leading up to this, is... John the Baptist is beheaded. He had been imprisoned by Herod Antipater, the son of Herod the Great. And I'm not going to get into the details there. It's probably familiar with you, but long story short, he was beheaded. Third, 
it's difficult for me to piece it all together as I was trying to study this out, but I believe the end of verse 6 is informing us that while the twelve went out by twos, Jesus was also going into other towns preaching. So get in your mind here, the twelve have gone out, they're preaching in the cities and the towns and the villages, Jesus has given them power to cast out demons and to heal the sick, Jesus is going about preaching and teaching and doing, doing the same as they're doing. John the Baptist is in prison. Ultimately, he's beheaded. And then in verse 30, we see that they all meet up together again. The twelve apostles have returned from their journey. Jesus has returned. They're all gathered together. And we see when the twelve return, they report to Jesus all that they had done. But in Matthew's account, it was also at this time when Jesus heard of John the Baptist being martyred. And try to understand the circumstances that are leading up to what follows in our text. Jesus and His disciples have been busy preaching. They've been casting out demons. They've been healing the sick. And no doubt they're tired. Amen. Ministry can be very tiring sometimes. And no doubt they're tired. In addition, they just learned of John the Baptist being killed. So not only are they physically wearied from their journey, but they are spiritually drained from the work of the ministry. And in addition to all of that, they're emotionally drained because they've learned of John the Baptist. And on top of all of that, we see at the end of verse 31 that there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat. (laughs) They had been busy and they're still busy. So busy they haven't even had an opportunity to sit down and eat. These men are exhausted. And so Jesus in verse 31, He tells them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Jesus says, time for a break. So in verse 32, they departed into a desert place by ship privately. Finally, they're going to get some much needed rest and some food. But not so fast. In verse 33, the people saw them departing. And notice how many people here followed after Jesus and the disciples there. It says, all cities came together unto Him. And in verse 34, Jesus was moved with compassion toward them because they were a sheep not having a shepherd. And what does Jesus do? He gets right back on track teaching and preaching and healing the sick. Luke's account says this in Luke 9.11, And the people, when they knew it, followed Him, and He received them, and spake unto them the kingdom of God, and healed them that had the need of healing. Then verse 35 says, when the day was now far spent. A day that was supposed to be a time of rest ends up being yet another long day. Are you catching that? Have you wanted to rest but couldn't? I know many of you have. I know in the military that happens quite a bit. Sometimes life is feast or famine, you know what I mean? There's times where it's just nonstop, and there's times where we're wishing maybe it would pick up a little bit. 
here's these men, they've, they've exhausted themselves for the work of the ministry. And Jesus says, let's go rest. And they can't because the people are still coming their way. If you've ever wanted to rest but couldn't, Jesus knows how you feel. Well, the disciples look over this situation and they realize it's getting late. We're in a desert place. These people need to go into these towns and get something to eat. And I can't help but wonder if they're hoping to send these people on their way so that they might finally be able to get some rest and get something to eat. We know they're hungry. And I don't know the manner in which they said this to Jesus, but they tell Jesus. It wasn't like a nice friendly reminder. You know, Lord, you ought to maybe consider. No. Jesus, send them away. It's getting late. I don't know how they said it, but I know they're hungry and maybe they were hangry. Because I know how Adrian would have said this. Well... Jesus and his disciples are tired, they're hungry, they're drained in more ways than one. And no doubt the disciples are ready for some rest and they're ready for a meal. The day is now far spent. It was a day meant for rest to begin with. They asked Jesus, send them away, but Jesus has other plans. And I want to tell you, this year has been draining And it may be tempting just to take some time to rest. But I believe Jesus has other plans for us in 2021. I think God wants us to find that extra bit of strength to keep ministering. And I think what we need to do is we need to dig deeper. And instead of letting up, we need to get busy reaching the multitude. Like these disciples, we have had a tiring journey this year. We have even recently experienced the emotional exhaustion of learning of the death of a loved one. And while it would be nice to just find a desert place, just grab a bite and eat, I believe God wants us to stretch even further in this new year. Like Jesus, we must look upon the multitudes and we, we need to be moved with compassion, seeing them as sheep that have no shepherd. And what I really wanted to bring out of this account tonight is in verse 37. The disciples have just told Jesus, send the multitude away so they can go get some food. But notice what Jesus says to His disciples in response. Give ye them to eat. Jesus essentially says, no, you feed them. Matthew's account, Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. But the disciples reply, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? This was probably said out of frustration. How do you expect us to feed these people? 200 penny worth isn't enough. Not to mention, how are they going to carry all that back? Amen. Anyway, there's logistical issues. How are we going to feed these people? Look, I'm tired. I'm hungry. I've been working all day. I just got back from this journey. It's been a, we just learned that John's dead. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. 
Lord, we don't have the resources to do what you're telling us to do. And I believe God is telling us to feed this city and the surrounding areas. I believe that. I know we're tired. I know this year is getting late. We may not have all the resources we wish we had, but we must find a way. And God is telling us, don't send them away. Don't push them off somewhere else. Who knows where they'll end up eating if we were to do that. But you find a way to feed them. So what's the answer? Well, the answer is really quite obvious. The answer is Christ. Jesus has them take inventory of what they have available. He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye there in verse 38? Go and see. And we know from John's account that there was a lad there who had with him five barley loaves and two small fishes. Somebody preached a message called Five Saltines and Two Sardines. So the disciples report to Jesus in verse 38 that this is all they have available. And again from John's account, we learn that it's Andrew who says, but what are these among so many? Lord, we don't have enough. And you're telling us to feed them. What is five loaves and two fishes among thousands? You know what they're doing? They're seeing by sight. And they're not believing to see by faith. They see no way possible to be able to feed so many with so little. And keep in mind, these men just experienced great things. They just saw some amazing stuff happen. They just went on this journey through these towns by twos and they're casting out demons. You ever done that? It's a rush. I'm just kidding. It's funny because all of a sudden people are like. <laughs> they just cast out demons. They just healed the sick. They were preaching the kingdom of God and they're on this journey. They saw God do amazing things. But isn't it amazing how when we get our eyes off of God and onto the situation, when we're wearied, we start making wrong decisions. Amen. What does Snickers say? You're not yourself when you're hungry. We experienced God do great things in 2019. That's such a great year. And we've been wearied through 2020. But let's be careful not to get our eyes off of God. We must keep believing to see. And we must be a people of faith. And as God wants to feed the multitude, we may take inventory of our resources and we may think, but what are these among so many? I don't know how much of our city is lost. But I think it would be correct to say that the overwhelming majority do not know Christ. And our church is only zero 0.2% of the population of Rapid City. That doesn't include the surrounding areas. If we were to include those, we're 
Lord, what are these among so many? What can we do? God says in Jeremiah 32, 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. The angel Gabriel said to the Virgin Mary in Luke 1.37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. In Matthew 19.26, Jesus said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Amen. Amen. Remember, we've already studied in Hebrews 11.6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. God will do the impossible when our faith sees past the impossible. God specializes in making the impossible possible. And I believe God still desires to do so in our day, but we must have faith. And we must believe that God will reward those that diligently seek Him. The question is, will we be that people? Well, they only have five loaves and two fishes to feed 5,000 men beside the women and children. And in Matthew 14, 18, Jesus says, Bring them to me. Speaking of the five loaves and two fishes. And in verses 39 and 40 here, Jesus commands His disciples to have this great company sit down in ranks by hundreds and fifties. And there are so many sermons to be drawn out of this text that I don't have time to get into it all. But when Jesus begins to put things into order, it's time to prepare for a blessing. You hear what I said? Jesus is putting things into order. He's saying, have them sit down in companies of hundreds and fifties because God's about to do something. I won't take time to get into all the details, but I believe God has been putting things in order in place here in our church. And I believe there's a great blessing coming. And we see that once Jesus was given control, get this now, once Jesus was given control of their resources, that's when the blessing started. Jesus looks to heaven and He blesses. Then He breaks the loaves and then in turn He gives to His disciples who in turn serve the multitude and it was divided among them all. I've mentioned this thought before in passing but let me mention it again here now. There's a pattern here. The pattern is we must give ourselves to Christ and allow Him to bless. And then He must break us. And once we are broken we can be used up for God. God can take our little group and He can multiply us in ways we've never thought possible. Do you believe that? We just need to give ourselves to Him and allow Him to break. And if we will, we can be used by God to feed thousands. Like I said, there's a lot here, but we see in verse 42 that when all was said and done, they did all eat and were filled. And in verse 43, they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fishes. And in verse 44, there were 5,000 men who were filled. 
And like we've been saying, we know from Matthew's account that includes the women and children. Besides the 5,000 men. And in John's account it says, Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. When we stop doubting, when we stop doubting God and we believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, then we are used by God according to His plan and it will lead to the multitudes recognizing Jesus as Lord. And isn't that what we desire? Don't we desire that Rapid would know that Jesus is Lord? I mean, we desire for the lost to know who Jesus is. We desire for the lost multitude of our city and the Black Hills region that they would know that Jesus Christ is Lord. That should be our earnest desire, our heart's desire, because it is the heart of God. And when we lose sight of that, we are drifting away from God's purpose for this church. It can only happen when we, by faith, trust the Lord's doing and allow Him to work among us. Now God is saying to us at Liberty Baptist Tabernacle, no, you give them to eat. How can we do that, Lord? And we could easily look at our resources and we could give our excuses why we can't do what the Lord has commanded us to do. And we could easily focus on being weary. Remember what David said in this year's text in Psalm 27, 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We could focus on the perceived impossibility. Or we could focus on our God who can make the impossible possible for those who will just simply dare to trust Him by faith. Yes, it's been a challenging year. Yes, it'd be nice to find a desert place and just check out for a while. But we have to keep pressing on. And it's when we trust God and we press on that we will all partake of God's miracles. And even those among us who are not all in will have to conclude that Jesus is Lord. Let's always remember that Christ is all the provision we will ever need. Now get this please. I want you to get this thought. We may not have all the resources according to our logic. But the resources we do have, it's more than enough for God to use. It's more than enough for God to use and do great and mighty things that we know not. Lord, we can't. No, no, no. Jesus says, look, I know you don't have the resources, but you bring those things to me and I'll divide it up. And we'll reach this multitude. And we'll feed them. You say, I I just don't understand how this is going to work. I don't either. But what provision we have is all that we need. You know my heart's desire. You know what I want. I want a coffee bar, man. Is that too much to ask, Lord? <laughs> we don't need those things. All that we need, we have. And we can't look, and, and this is where I'm, I'm guilty. We can't look at the facility and the parking and, Lord, if you just give us more parking spaces. you just give us a, a newer facility where we could fit more people. 
I, I studied this text and I just feel like God's saying, you feed them. I don't know how, Lord. I didn't ask you that. You feed them. And in closing, did you notice that what they entered this day not having, they received? Remember in verse 31, they didn't have an opportunity to eat because the work of the ministry was unrelenting. But when they stayed with, with it, they were provided more food than they ever could have needed. We just need to stay with it. And there will come a point when we realize that He is more than enough. And we are more than enough. We will enjoy the results of pressing through. Let us believe to see the provision. And let's feed this city the gospel. Let's pray.